Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I am Richard Bliss, your host, and I want to thank our backers and, and sponsors out on Patreon who have continued to make the show successful. I've got a little bit of bonus content for you guys after the show, so if you go out to your Patreon account, you'll be able to hear that. My guest today is someone who has had some success, recent success on Kickstarter, but they bring an interesting prospect, interesting perspective, excuse me, to Kickstarter and one of the things that people are always asking about, and that is the concept of licensing, licensing intellectual property that's out there. My guest is J.D. Boucher from Space Goat Productions. J.D., thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You are uh, Space Goat Productions is based out of Bellingham, and you're the director of marketing and sales. Tell us a little bit about Space Goat because uh, some people might not be aware of who they are. Yeah, Space Goat is a um, we're a board game and comic book publishing company. Um, we've been in publishing both board game and comics just in the last couple of years, but we've been making um, content, whether it's uh, illustrations or comic books or animated comic books for the last 10 years or so. Yeah, you told me earlier um, that we were, you guys are a talent management company is how you started for the comic book industry, right? Yes. Um, so we represent different artists to publishers, and so people like Marvel, DC, Image would come to us and say, hey, we need a artist for this project. And so we'd be able to like, oh, we have this person super talented and help them get the art done on time. And so I'm going to say that's probably interesting because we're going to make sure that people know how to get hold of you because I um, asked all the time about how do I find good artists for my board game or art project on Kickstarter. And that's probably something that can help our listeners out with, isn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of tips I can help with that as well. Okay, perfect. But we're here to talk today about something very specific, and that is you had success with uh, your Kickstarter campaign that ran a little while ago, Evil Dead 2. Tell us a little bit about that campaign. Yeah, so that was our first Kickstarter campaign and our um, our first board game. We, we've we been publishing the Evil Dead comics for about a year at that point. And, you know, it's, it's a movie we really love. It's a property we're really passionate about. And we had a board game designer on staff. And so we decided to start the board game. We learned a lot during that process of... Um, what goes into a board game, um, like a board game Kickstarter um, compared to other Kickstarters. Um, it was ended up being a big success, and we couldn't have done it without our amazing backers. Like, they've helped us so much, and like, hey, what about this? Suggesting add-ons, just being super supportive, and it's, it's been an amazing process. And that was, set, you made $700,000 from the 6,000 backers for a first-time project is awesome. You followed that up then, though, because you yeah. had that project. That was your first game. And I think you told me it caught you a little bit by surprise, didn't it, the, the amount of success you had? Yeah, no, we were, um, I remember we were sending, we were expecting to, like, ask our, you know, ask our friends and family, like, hey, can you ship it a couple bucks so we can make our goal? But, um, you know, on the last couple days, but we ended up getting funded overnight on the first day. Overnight. We were backed by Dawn, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, Dead by Dawn dead is by the catchphrase of the uh, right of Evil Dead 2. And then you took that project, though, and so they we said, were, hey, we had success with that. And then you, you went into the next one, which was Terminator that just ended recently. Yeah. Um, what happened is uh, we were working with our licensor on Evil Dead 2, and they're like, hey, what do you think about Terminator? And that's a movie that, like, especially our boss, Sean, is super passionate about, we're passionate about, we thought we could make a great board game. We partnered up with Lynn Vander Games to make that happen. Um, also a great success. Uh, 200K on Kickstarter. Um, passion, like a core, our core backer base and like Terminator fans really dug it. 
and we're going to be going into late pledges soon so people can still kind of get a piece of it. Now, this is interesting because this comes up a lot as people wonder about, well, if if I was to get a license, I could do well, um, and they wonder about the cost, the process, how do they get a license. Sometimes it's a, a isolated or a small little piece of intellectual property. And so this is something that you've been doing for a while, and so we were hoping to talk about it because there's certain things that probably – that people can do with their board game specifically, I guess with their comic book as well, ways to reach out to make themselves more attractive to a licensee, to contact the licensee if they have an intellectual property, or things that they can do to make themselves successful. And I was hoping that we could be able to talk about that. So where can we start? What are some things that we can do for a board game designer or Kickstarter project owner who wants to do a licensed property? Where do they start? Yeah. So let's start, um, let's just start with the broader kind of what is licensing? Perfect. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Like, licensing is, you know, taking a intellectual property owned by somebody else and using it for your own product under contract. Generally, this, this can be anything from um, when you get a, when there's like X-Men or Deadpool or something on potato chips, that was a licensing thing. Licensing is a very wide industry that's very niche, but um, impacts just about everything you see. There's, you know, Pink Panther is licensed to a bazillion things because he's on um, insulation. So anytime you see something that doesn't, like intellectual property that you know is owned by a different company, that was licensed to be on that product. Okay, so I want to um, license something to be on my board game. Let's, let's use Pink Panther as an example. Let's okay. say you want to make a Pink Panther board game. First of all, you'd have to track down the licensor. The licensor is the person who owns the intellectual property rights to Pink Panther. And this is where it gets complicated because sometimes rights are split up. In what like way? Evil like, Dead 2. Yeah? Like Evil Dead? What happened yeah, yeah. there? Well, the thing is, Evil Dead 2 is owned by a different licensor than Evil Dead 1, which is owned by a different licensor than Army of Darkness, which is owned by a different licensor than Ash vs. Evil Dead. All four of those properties are from different companies. How is... Okay... Help me understand how how does that happen? Something like that. Are we talking about kind of what happened with the whole Marvel universe, with what Marvel did with Spider Man going to Sony and X Men going to Fox and and that type of thing? Yes, and that's exactly it. What happens is there's the people who create the original thing, and oftentimes they don't maintain control of it because it's owned by a studio or maybe owned by a production studio, or they might have sold it at some point. Um, for the longest time, the Beatles didn't own the Beatles music. Michael Jackson did because right. he bought their whole library. Right. Paul McCartney couldn't so, sing his own songs. Um, well, he could sing them, um, but all of the like, like you know, they could sing them, but not in certain places. Got so, it. So, like, you could do it live in a concert, but you couldn't um, do it on TV. Got it. Interesting. And so, you've got to track down. How do you go about tracking down a licensor? Then that's the hardest part. I'm going to tell you right now to anybody who wants to license something is finding that contact info of the person who will let you license something. But so, and, and sorry, as you, I know you're going to say this, but this actually is a reason that so many things are out there that don't show up on TV or don't show up that we don't have anymore because whoever had the licenses, it's so confused, it's so messed up, and we can't they can't resolve that and bring it to the public because there's too many parties involved and sometimes they're at odds with one another and those licensing rights are where we, we run into trouble. Exactly. Like, there's some companies that are really, really good at finding obscure licenses and bringing them back. Like, one, Shout Factory. They do a bunch of um, deluxe Blu-ray DVD releases, and they just are really expert at finding obscure old horror movies 
that the rights have just kind of like went into limbo and tracking them down and bringing those movies back. When, when, there's actually a lot of when does a yeah, rights say, there's a lot of VHS. Oh yeah, I was just say there's a lot of VHS movies. Like there's a reason horror collectors collect VHS because those movies have never made it to DVD because of licensing issues. Oh, they were licensed for VHS, but then they didn't. You have to get a new license to put it on DVD. Yeah, or the original license just didn't have the money to put it on DVD. Got it. Okay, so let's start, let's come back to the board game then. Okay, so I've got to track it down. Are there any secrets to tracking it down? Do I hire a company to track it down? Yeah, a lot. There is licensing expos. That's usually your best bet. There's a couple of big ones. There's one in Las Vegas. There's one in New York. Um, a licensing expo. Looking, That's where you go to an expo and people are there selling the licenses to property. Oftentimes you'll find out about products at a licensing expo before you'll f- see them in stores like months later. Oh, wow. All right. And so what's, is it just called licensing expo? Yeah, there's just licensing expo. Um, a license global is a good source. It's just a news site that has news about different licenses. All right. So now I found, um, I found the person. Okay. I found the person who I want to make this board game on their license. Now what do I do? Yeah, so let's say you have a contact info. You say, hello, you know, I'd be interested in licensing. We're going to go back to Pink Panther. One thing when you're tracking down is you've got to make sure they have the right Pink Panther rights because it's very likely that the cartoon Pink Panther is a separate license than, like, the live-action movies. Got and it. And the old live-action movies might be different than the new ones. But the Steve Martin ones so, are different from the Peter Sellers ones, which are different from the Pink Panther cartoon ones. Exactly. And you have to be very careful... With like just in initial negotiations, finding out what every license entails. When you say very because careful, does that does that imply? It sounds like that implies lawyers. Well, you're probably gonna have to have a lawyer anyways, because that's what most licensors are. They're lawyers. They work. They're lawyers who work on behalf of these intellectual property holders, um, the people who actually own it. Uh, oftentimes, licensors are a middleman, and there's actual people who own it, and licensors make sure that everything that's licensed is maintained to the standards of the property holder. Got it. Okay. So now you're going to go into your negotiations. Are there any t- yep. tips there for negotiating on licensing? I'm, is there a rule of thumb of how much you're expected to pay for a licensing property if I'm making a board game? There is um, – no. There's, there's, it very much it very much uh, – let's see. It depends on the license, what you're licensing it for, how long you're licensing it. All a right. large – so let's say, um, let's go back kind of like to, let's just say you're licensing cartoons. Looney Tunes is going to be a much more expensive license than Pink Panther because Looney Tunes is a bigger property. And oftentimes you will license for certain categories and some categories are more expensive than others. So let's say you want to get an entire, like a big tabletop miniature game and that's the license you want. That's going to be more expensive than just saying, hey, I want to do a card game based off of it. Really? So the card game and just creating some artwork based off of it is going to be different than me creating figures. Is it just arbitrary, or are there certain set categories based on what these licensings fall under? Oh, there's definitely set categories. And it all depends on which license you're working with. So I couldn't actually give you any raw numbers because it all depends on the license, which one it very much uh, differs from person to person. Any idea idea what are some really hot licenses that are out there right now? Um, Let's see. There's some... The, the problem is, a lot of times, um, the value of a license is exclu- exclusivity. You can often get a license and get exclusive worldwide rights. And so you're the only person who can make card games based off this license in the world. That's making you the official one. Right. While there's some licenses, then that's going to be much more expensive than a non-exclusive license. Marvel 
has multiple, like, they'll put Marvel stuff on any sort of card game if it meets, like, a minimum standard. So, like, there's Marvel Munchkin, there's Marvel Yahtzee, there's Marvel Monopoly, there's Marvel... Um, so if I've got a game and I, and I want to do a Marvel theme on, on it, I can just contact their licensing department and I can just start negotiating with them? Negotiating? Less so. Marvel kind of is established, so you'd probably go and they'd be like, yep, this is what you have to pay to use our license. Got it. And so they're going to have a pretty much standard fee. Okay. All right. Yeah, and, um, a standard fee and usually a percentage. So you're going to pay something up front, and then you're going to have to pay some type of royalty or fee or percentage of how much your game produces. And that's for a certain amount of time, right? Yes. Usually what ends up happening is you have the license for X amount of time. After that time expires, you can renew the license, or you're done, and you give all the stuff back. Oh, so, so um, if I haven't sold all the games yet, I paid for them, I haven't sold them yet, and the license runs out, i got to give the games back? Oh, you'll give them to the licensor. You have to destroy them. Yeah, that's, so if, you're, if your time runs out, you get a grace period. Like There's a difference between when the license expires and when you can stop selling. Got it. Generally, the license expires means you can't make any new stuff. Got it. Got then you it, get yeah. a grace period to get rid of your inventory. But after that, you don't have the license anymore, and you can't sell it. And so you guys have got the license for Evil Dead 2 and Terminator. And I imagine mm-hmm. that that success is leading that you're going to probably uh, – kind of pursue that. that that seems to be working for you it seems to be something that you guys are good at yeah well the thing is we always and this is i'm going to give a tip to anybody don't just get a license because it's a license because the fans of that license can tell when you're just trying to cash in got it they can smell it like you know we're super passionate about evil dead 2 super passionate about terminator we do have another license board game coming up the howling that we're not going to kickstart until, you know, Evil Dead 2 backers have gotten all their stuff and Terminator backers are, you know, at the factory. Or Terminator um, games what? are at the factory. But um, Howling is another one that we're really passionate about. Right. So, and, and it seems like, like you've got a bit of a theme here, right? Yeah, we're, you know, we're kind of doing like an 80s horror VHS renaissance. It's, it's, it's stuff that we're really excited about, you know, stuff that hasn't really been hit yet that you know we love so are there as we we've only got a couple more minutes here so we got let's go through the tips then when it comes to licensing we've we've obviously educated several people out there that it's not that easy but are there some certain tips to go through how do i make my game uh um approachable with a license and then as we wrap up we got we just got a couple of minutes just general tips you're gonna have to have a track record because you have to have a track record like look at all of the stuff we've done before either in licensing or in board games. Because um, the, thing is, the reason why there's lawyers involved with licensing is that you're representing somebody else's brand. And everything you make will have to get licensed or approved. So, even, and so if you get the Marvel license, you don't just have free reign to do whatever you want. Everything has to fit within licensor guidelines. Got it. So you're going to have to be able to kind of show them that, like, yep, we can fit licensor guidelines. We've done, we are able to match what you do. Oftentimes you'll have to try out to get the right to pay the money to get the license. Interesting. Tryouts. All right. <laughs> Number one, have a track record, show up. Okay. What do we got? Number two. Number two, um, again, don't go after your license just because it's a license. Have a reason. Fans will be able to... Yeah, you have to have a reason. Like, you you know, do you have a good mechanic for that license? Do you think it'd be a good fit for you as a company? You okay. know, and then you got to be ready, you know, you got to be A, ready for them to say no, and B, you got to be ready to pay a steep fee right ahead of time because they, there's a thing called a guarantee. And that's and money that's you just money give, you, you give them that money no matter whether you sell a single copy. Exactly. 
And that's probably one of the things that keeps most people from really pursuing the licensing is because they get all excited about it and they, they show up and then that fee is, can be a little bit of sticker shock, can it? Yeah, again, it depends on the license, depends on who you're doing, um, you know, it all, yeah, number of factors. Very useful. All right, well, J.D., I appreciate you taking some time with us. It's interesting to hear kind of this this uh, this world of licensing and the fact that your game company is has delivered two products and they're both licensed while so many people out there are doing their own thing. It's If you could do well, – I guess I can't ask you that. I was going to ask you if you could do one license and just didn't matter how much it costs or what was involved. Can you answer that question? What one license out there would you just like die for? Oh, let's see. For me, me personally, I'm not sure if I've ever been in company, but Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what I would... Really? That would be my... Yeah. I think you could do some fun stuff with that. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's interesting. Uh, my fourth daughter, for her whole life, has been a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan. And I think I've got like VHS and DVDs and Blu-rays with Sonic the Hedgehog left over from her growing up years. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Sonic the Hedgehog. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and you know, um, yeah, that's just my favorite video game, though. Like, you know, there's a number, there's a number of things that'd be. No, that's a good one. To, I like that yeah. one. Yeah. I like that one. I, hey, JD, thank you very much for uh, for doing this, and uh, hopefully, we can have you come back again as you get closer with the howling to hear how that process has gone. And do you mind sticking around just for a few minutes afterwards so we can just kind of chat? Oh, yeah, I'm happy to. Perfect. Thanks again. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been J.D. Boucher, who's been with Space Goat Games, uh, excuse me, Space Goat Productions, and he's the director of marketing of sales. They did Evil Dead 2 game and Terminator. We've had a discussion about licensing. I certainly have learned a lot. Hopefully you have as well. Thanks for listening. Take care.